New Dissident Radio. Keep your distance. What? Fuck, no. That's wrong. Shit. I totally fucked it up. I'm gonna do it again. New Dissident Radio. Keep your dissidence. Hey, I did it. Fuck me. I got bills in the mail, bills sent in faxes, bills from the government asking for taxes. Got Visa and Nordstrom's, water and power, calls from my creditors each waking hour. So what am I to do? Can't you help a guy get through? All I want for Christmas is a job Something that might keep me on my feet When I'm not gainfully employed I get very paranoid Wondering how my ends are gonna meet All I want for Christmas is a job You know there ain't too much that I won't do Oh, please Santa bring to me A nice new J-O-B Make our Christmas wishes all come true Santa Claus. I want a Zuzu pet, the Beatles rock band, an Acer mini laptop netbook PC, and a Canon PowerShot digital camera with optical image stabilized zoom. But I won't get any of these presents because my daddy has no money. I'll probably just get clothes that my sister has outgrown. And she's a freak who dresses in black and wants to dye her hair. Do you want to ruin Christmas for my family? Because if that's your plan, then congratulations, you jolly fat jerk. Can't you please get my daddy some kind of job? He has a very impressive resume and even did the music for two network pilots this year, but neither of them were picked up. So Fox and ABC are dead to me. My daddy might get in trouble because I'm saying this, but I don't care. I don't even know you people. I just want presents. So if anyone here has any leads, contact me. I'll be the one crying her adorable 11-year-old eyes out. All I want for Christmas is a job. Need some shelter from the stormy sea. Our GM is out on bail But I ain't too big to fail So maybe could you throw a tarp on me All I want for Christmas is a job Hey Obama, won't you stimulate me too I'm on my bending knee I need a J-O-B under my tree To make our Christmas wishes all come true Why 
rescue me Like B of A and A-I-G Oh, lend a hand today And help save my 401k Won't you look inside your heart Don't make me sell my kids for parts Just make our Christmas wishes Hey, I'll do windows I'll do dishes Please make our Christmas wishes all come true Yes, folks, it's that time of year. I know, I'm kind of shocked too. I was driving here today and it was getting dark and I was thinking, who the fuck brought winter here already? And who brought darkness? And 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 why is it Christmas already? Uh, actually, uh, strangely enough, um, I, oh, there we go. I, uh, I was actually in the Christmas spirit a little bit last night and uh, went to Target because that's what I do when I'm in the Christmas spirit. I go to Target and buy icicle uh, lights for my house. And, and and so here's the cool thing. I You know that thing about synchronicity, like you're in the right place at the right time, and and but you don't know you're in the right place at the right time. Uh, well, Target wasn't the right place. But anyway, Bob and I, my husband, we were in Target. And, oh, by the way, this is Waking from the American Dream, but you knew that anyway. Um, so, anyway, we're in Target, and my husband's like, let's get something to eat. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. So we went to a couple of places at the mall, and the food places were all horrible, so we didn't want to go there. He's like, I know. Let's go to the Melody Room. So the Melody Room is this really cool dive in Westchester where we live. And so we go into Melody Room, and we get some sliders, and uh, we're sitting there, and there's some music going on in the other room. And I, I peek in and Bob says, what's going on? I'm like, there's like serious guitar players in there. And I don't even know why I knew they were serious. They were just guys with the guitars, but they looked serious. And about a half hour later, after we finished our dinner, we went into this other room. And I have to tell you, I feel like <laughs> so lucky. We sat in on this incredible thing. It's called Guitarology. It's every Wednesday night. It's at the Melody Room in Westchester. It's free. And I have to tell you, I don't know the names of these people, and I wouldn't even know their names right now to say, but these guys are all session guitarists and touring guitarists, people like who, you know, tour with Lucinda Williams. And like, I mean, it was like being in the room, literally, I swear to God, with Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton, Mark Knopfler. I mean, we spent three hours watching these people, like five or six guitar players playing guitar it was it was so magical. I kept looking at my husband like, I can't believe we're fucking here and this is fucking happening. So I, I wanted to talk about it because uh, it's the kind of thing in L.A. that never happens. Everything in L.A. is such bullshit most of the time. You know, it's all about being in the industry or it's all fucking fake Nokia stage crap or whatever. And this is like real musicians with real heart and real soul. Uh, really playing for each other. And we just happened to be in the room watching them. They weren't really there for us. They were there for each other. So I, I just, I wanted to share that right away. And, and that put me in the Christmas spirit last night. I was like, wow, this is what this fucking holiday is all about. It's about being with real people who do real things and, and give a shit about it. 
Anyway, I just had to rant on about that. Sorry. It's been a few weeks and I'm so sorry I wasn't here more in November. Uh, I, I, what partly wasn't my fault. There was a Thanksgiving and there was some technical day thing, which of course happened on a Thursday. And so we couldn't do my show. And then actually the other reason that I wasn't here was because I was on a cruise ship. Now I know that's a strange thing for me to say because I am not a person who was raised to go on cruise ships. <laughs> I actually, my parents did go on one in the Mediterranean, but it was very lottie da and small and all of that. But you know, those kind of big ones where there's, uh, thousands of people and most of them, um, are, have eaten too much and they really don't need a 24 hour buffet. But I got to go on one of those cruise ships. And the only reason I went was because my friend, and I'm, I'm very honored to be able to call him my friend. Lewis Black was doing a comedy cruise and I'd heard about it a few months before and uh, through his managers and I said, oh, well, I could do something for that, not knowing what it was, but I could do something. I could interview comedians. I'm really good at interviewing people or I don't know, I could show like um, some of my dad's clips or something and tell some stories or whatever. So anyway, Lewis is like, you're getting on the boat, you're coming and everything. And I was really nervous. I was terrified. I've never been on a cruise ship. I had nightmares of rogue wave things going on. I had more nightmares of literally being stuck on a fucking boat for seven days and like wanting to kill people after day two. Um, what I didn't realize was that I was, I was going to be actually be on a cruise ship with, uh, about seven to 15 truly insane and yet lovely people. Uh, you would know them as comedians. Uh, and that's what ended up happening. Uh, I ended up having a great time on the cruise ship. Uh, so I have a special guest here today uh, who's going to talk with me in a few minutes about the cruise. She was on the cruise with me. Very excited she's here. But before we uh, go on any further, I just want to say that that opening song uh, is from a good friend, and he's part of what we call around here the Polymind Commune, which is this crazy group of people I've been hanging out with in this community I've built. And his name is Gary Stockdale. And he's hugely talented and does lots of music. He does music for Penn & Teller, Bullshit Show, and, and all sorts of things. And the uh, little monologue inside the, the uh, song there was, I believe, his daughter Fiona, which, you know, it's... I really hope Santa heard her because it's just very sad. Fiona won't be getting anything this Christmas. Um, so I want to put a shout out there for Mr. Gary Stockdale. And you can find him on YouTube. Um, I don't know if you can find him on iTunes, but check out his channel on YouTube. He's got lots of videos and songs on there. And I uh, just want to make a shout out to Mr. Stockdale today. So uh, anything else I want to do? No, not yet. Okay, so my special guest, who I'm going to turn up her mic because I'm learning good things about radio and how to do it, is my new friend, uh, Kathleen Madigan. And Kathleen uh, and I had met uh, about two years ago down at the Comedy Magic Club. Very briefly, we did a little show for my dad to say happy birthday to him. And Kathleen came down and did some comedy. But Kathleen and I have um, <clears throat> really bonded on the cruise ship. So welcome, Kathleen. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and thank you for being here today. Uh, I'm so excited you're here. And I did want Kathleen to come because uh, basically Kathleen was responsible for the fact that if I was not sleeping on the cruise ship, uh, I was laughing. We, I swear to God, I had more fun than I've had in my entire life. And I am not a cruise ship person. Even the idea of it, I was like, oh, Lewis, we're not 
Fat people? That's what fat people do for fun. They cruise around and get fatter. And that's why they, even when they cruise ship docks, they have to send a train out to get the people because they're so fat they can't even walk to the end of the dock. Uh, there was a, there was an actual tram at one yeah. of our stops. Yes. And I thought, well, for old people, yeah, right. Oh, no, the 30-something fatties just jumped right on. You had to fight them to get a spot. But I was like, well, okay, because he really wanted to do it. And then... Let, you know, let's pick the comedians and picking the comedians was like in and of itself. Cause he would say somebody uh, funny. I go, yeah, but funny on stage, off stage, big downer, <laughs> big Debbie downer. Oh no, no. They have to be drink. They have to be drinkers. Yes. They have to be present and accounted for. They have to do something in the day, at least one activity, even if it's drinking something. We can't have people locked up in their cabins and I don't want to deal with somebody that's sad. No, 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 no. So. The list that we put together was, I think, as you was fantastic. <laughs> if I can remember them all, it was uh, certainly Lewis, uh, John Bowman, who opens for Lewis. Yep. Uh, John Panette. Yep. Yourself, Vic Henley, Ted, Ted Alexandro, and Larry Wilmore. From The Daily Show. Dom Herrera. Yep. And I think that was it as far as the stand-ups. Yeah, I think that was all of us. And then we had myself and Mark Lynn Baker did an event and uh, Joe Gervasi, uh, who went also to Yale with Lewis and Mark Lynn Baker, who does a ton of theater. He did this, uh, what, oh, he did the karaoke thing and he, yeah. and he did the, the character guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I really didn't think, but we should tell people too that like when you, Half the reason I think we had so much fun is because on the cruise ships, if you get the rooms with the little balconies, we yes. quickly found out <laughs> that you can dismantle the blockades between balconies and it became one giant deck party that seemingly never ended. It, because, like, I only had to perform two or three nights, so on on the one night where I knew I had to work, I came back from somewhere, I don't know, I went to go get cigarettes or something, and there was a deck party going on <laughs> at 2.30 in the afternoon that I so wanted to join in, but I'm like, no, I have to work, I can't be completely hammered, I've got to, like, get a grip on it, but my sister said, like, for people who have never been on a cruise, when we were in Miami, and we had gotten on the ship, she texted me, what's it like? I said, it's like if we were standing in the Bellagio, and all of a sudden, it just sailed away. <laughs> That's true. The whole thing. And no one looked at each other as if it was well, odd. Like it was perfectly normal that this whole building. There was a building. It was, was a just, building. It's 4,000 people. Yeah. And then by the time we finally, the first, if you've never been on a cruise ship, by the, the by the time you find your room after you've gotten over the, you're paralyzed <laughs> for the, just the awesomeness of the size of it. And then when I finally found my room, I go, now I get why those people in Titanic, when the people came down and said, oh my God, we've hit an iceberg. You better get out of here. They like really i don't think so because I, I, I would have been like i'm not leaving i just got settled what do you mean i gotta go get in a lifeboat we're not gonna sink i mean especially the size of it i don't know how big titanic was i know there was at least a thousand people but you could see how they would be like oh shut up you're just being over safe yeah and, and i've packed a tuxedo i mean how could i possibly sing possibly sing correct. You know, i've got i've got That's formal wear to correct. wear and to even imagine one of those things i wouldn't have believed it I would have been the Irish lady that just would have been sitting there when the giant wave came and went, oh, my God, they weren't kidding. Oh, my God. Now what do I do? It's freezing. Now what? And what's crazy, too, is because I've never having been on a cruise ship, like people that really cruise, they have all these little secrets. They're like little drug dealers. Like they give you little pieces of information. Like I was buying a Diet Coke and this guy goes, hey, hey. And I was like, what? And he goes, do you have a soda pass? 
<laughs> I'm like, what the hell is a soda pass? I know. Like, how did I not hear about the soda? He's like, for $44, you can have all the Diet Coke you want all week. I go, I honestly don't think I can drink $44 worth of Diet Coke. I, I actually did work it out beforehand. I was looking at it. It was kind of kind of like, well, I only like to do like one or two Diet Cokes a day. You know, anyway, would, would not have worked out for me at all. But the thing I noticed is the first thing we get, you get on the boat, first of all, and they're like, go eat lunch. It's the first thing you're supposed to do. You're <laughs> go like, eat. You're not like, fat enough, Americans. Immediately go eat. Go eat. And so we're like, okay, we'll go eat because your luggage won't be there for 12 hours or something. And we're walking toward the buffet area, of course. And there are people, I swear to God, we've been on the boat 10 minutes. It's only like 11 a.m. The thing is not even leaving port till 4 p.m. People with drinks in their hand in the jacuzzi. I know. I saw them. And I'm like, how did you know? They packed the swimming suit like in their purse. Yes. And they just dropped the purse in the room and boom and hit that. And I'm like, oh, my God, all my stuff's down in some dungeon. I'm not going to have anything to wear for eight more hours yeah. possibly. The people that do it a lot. Now we know, though, yeah. if we went twice, now yeah. I got a whole different plan. Yeah. But what's sad, too, is like all the activities they offer you. And at the beginning of the week, I was like, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. And then I realized by like day four, I'm only going to do these events if they're on sh- the ship. <laughs> like I'll zip line from the bar to my cabin. If you put stingrays in my bathtub, I'll pet them. But I'm not getting off this boat. Uh, and then the one day we got off because we were hungover, the, the sober people run down to that activity desk and buy all the tickets and they got maps and charts and graphs and everything's legitimate. We get off and meet a guy in an alley who's got a clipboard with a picture of a sea turtle and get in his bus for $20. And you were started out there. I'm like, I know. And I'm like, come on, let's do it. And no. Lewis is always so tentative about stuff like that. I'm like, come on, Lou. How bad can it be? He's like, it's me. Mexico, don't you watch the news? We don't know where this bus is going. We're just going to you're, you're going to get on a bus because the man has a picture of a, t- a sea turtle on a clipboard. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I trust him. It's $20. It's $20. How bad can it be? <laughs> and he took us to the greatest beach on earth, and we snorkeled for a while. You could tell he didn't get the good snorkel area. That's why it's $20. Because exactly. Lou's like, well, there's not much down there. Oh, like, it's $20. <laughs> if you saw one fish... You got your money's it's worth. It's worth it. You really want to see good fish. I don't think it's twenty dollars. I don't think he like hoodwinked us. And yeah, and unfortunately I don't think Lou had a very fun time that day. I mean No, he jumped right out. He was not very happy about that. We I actually, know. we have a very sweet picture of Lou on the boat. Not All by himself. Happy. Yeah. And, but, and then there's the other picture with, with you on the other side of the boat with a beer in your hand and a cigarette. I like couldn't wait. the time of your I'm life. Totally and he's like so anxiety ridden <laughs> and stressed out and the whole idea and he can't, I I don't think he could believe I got him even this far and now he's stuck in this boat for for at least an hour. I couldn't wait to jump in. With the beer and the cigarette, I bought an underwater camera. I was all in on the snorkeling. But then when he got out, I'm like, oh, he can't sit in that boat by himself. So Yeah. And See, I and I know out. if I'd gone with you, I would have been in the boat with him because I'm like an anxiety girl about stuff like that. If it gets a little wavy or something. It was I'm pretty like, wavy. Oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not a, I'm not a strong swimmer. I'm getting in the boat. I'm getting in the boat. I think for the quiet cove, you need to pay at least 50. <laughs> We just get random drunk beach, giant waves, good luck, hope you see a fish. The bar was awesome, though, I and mean, that he took us to. I mean, but that was the extent of that's what happens if you don't plan. Yeah. If you're not. One night I was so drunk I read the paper of what was going to happen the next day, and then uh, the little brochure, and then I woke up and realized that I read day two 
I'm like, Kathleen, we've already been to Cozumel. And I was all fired up about it in my drunken mind. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see a sea turtle. <laughs> Crap. And I wake up and I'm like, God, that's not even the right day. Well, that's that first day, too. It was called um, Costa Playa, Costa, Costa Playa, I think it was, or something. And it's literally, it's not a city. Like, I'm like, oh, we're going to a Mexican resort area. We pull up in the ship. I look out. It's this little three-store villages with two bars. I mean, it's built for the tourists. It's got a tequila museum, sure. And then and then you can see the jungle for a little while. And then you see the real village, like five yeah, miles right. away, where the people really live. And you're thinking, I bet they don't let us go there. No. <laughs> and there was part of me that's like, after the one day we got off in the next town, I'm like, do I really want to be an American pig again and get <laughs> off this ship and face poverty? Because I do have, I think I have somewhat of a soul left where I'm looking around going, really? We're all okay with this? Yeah. There's like a 12 year old trying to get me to buy something and I'm like, too much. <laughs> and I keep walking. Really? Am I that mean? I can't just give the kid $10 and take his stupid trinket away. It's, there is a part of it that's so, half-ass backwards that, yep. that we don't even and they must look at us and think oh my god when the ship disembarks look how it's like how money rich rolling they in, are yes. yeah because we're so fat first of all clearly we're eating properly <laughs> clearly no one is hungry in america no and i think my god like there was an element of that where i was like mm, i don't need to get off in another fake port yeah town. yeah exactly a when i can town. stay on the boat and, <laughs> and drink pretend. and pretend i'm in at the palacio <laughs> but it's outside in the it's right the caribbean and there was plenty of activities on board the, well mean, there was we there's uh, no ha- reason really to ever get off the ship we had a shuffleboard tournament uh ping pong a ping pong we had miniature golf tur- we were like really into like Leisure sports. Where I was, and I became actually very good at the leisure sports. Sports where you can still do it with one drink in your hand. Yes, exactly. Yes, the shuffleboard. You can still hold your beer. I can still hold a cigarette. That's a nice activity. (laughs) If you can still hold a drink with ping pong, you're that's good too. Yes, I did go swimming with the dolphins, but only because I was so hungover. I thought if I jump in water, I'll feel better. If I get in ice cold water, I will. It'll shock me into no more headache. Now, were you in a ditch with those dolphins? Yeah. That was the ditch because we we did see dolphins in a pool that looked more like a ditch. It was very. It depressing. really was a ditch, yeah. and Bowman kept calling it dolphins in a ditch, and I'm like, yeah, no, this was the dolphin aerarium or some. I giant wanted to it. it. It had all kinds of. No, it was lovely, but it was like a big. You know, it's just another big, big they sweet. trap four dolphins. Yeah. And then one lady that was in the group was all about, this is terrible, this is torture. And I thought, nah, on one hand, she's kind of right, but I don't know, there's a million dolphins. We only took three. <laughs> is it that big of a deal? And then she, after all the complaining, rode the dolphin. I'm like, well, if it's that horrible, you shouldn't ride Flipper from one end of the pool to the other. He's probably sick of it. She was seduced. She got, she got all in. Well, her friend was like, okay, either shut it or ride the dolphin, but we can't (laughs) listen to this, this in the middle half-ass speech. You're a buzzkill lady. Everybody else is totally fine with abusing the dolphins. (laughs) Everyone else is fine with it. You're not. We paid sixty dollars. So to be shut fine. the fuck up. Right. He's gonna kiss me. I'm gonna get my picture taken. Okay. I did see the picture. It's very, very sweet kiss. It was very benign. There was no tongues. It didn't or get weird. No, no it, it didn't. He it didn't did. call me. No, he didn't God. ask for my number. It would be very high pitched <laughs> if he did call you on your phone. I gotta say though, I said my sister goes, "Would you go again?" And I said, "I don't think I'd go." 
like just as a romantic vacation for two. But if you have a bunch of friends, yes. I think a cruise is a new thing that I would recommend well, for people. And and I guess this thing is happening all over again next November. So I guess we're signed up again. Yes, we are signed up again. <laughs> yes, so we are was, going with a big group of friends. Yes. Again. And if you can, I think that's the key because then you can. And then I remember walking on the boat and there was an Irish pub on level one. Which was the first place Bob and I found, by the way. Well, and I was like, really? You're going to put a dark? Irish pub, which I mean, in real life is my favorite place to be, right. but I thought we're in the middle of the Caribbean the and tropics. who's going to go in here every night? Yes. That's who, me, every night because <laughs> yes. it was open till 2.30 and then, and then they had a guy singing Sing along, yeah. and then Dom started singing with him and then by the middle of the week, he's like, hey buddy, I got a sore throat. You got to get down there about nine and help me out. But Dom's like, it's not a job. It's not a gig for me. And I would walk by and Dom would be there <laughs> singing Beatles songs at like 10.30 at night with this guy. I know. And I got to say the 400 people that, that joined us yes. in the private cruise within the cruise, I th- I did say to Lou at the beginning, I go, now we're going to be trapped with 400 of our closest friends and fans, <laughs> and it's not like a theater where we can throw one out and if they going get mouthy. Uh-huh. They are going to be with it. They could not have been more fun. They were amazing. I'm, I've texted some of them. I have their phone numbers. Yeah. I mean, just I've been on really Facebook. Yeah. cool, nice, smart Lovely, people. lovely, lovely people who, you know, I mean, that's the thing I figured too. It's like, okay, you got 400 you know, hardcore, hardcore enough Lewis Black fans that they are like on a cruise ship with him, yeah. you know, which is amazing. And I figure, you know, they got to be smart. They've got a great sense of humor. And, uh, and they all, they all were lovely. I mean, I met some amazingly wonderful people and powerful stories and, really and it cool. was extra funny to see a group that's like pretty, pretty highly intelligent and, and into everything that the minute the bingo started, <laughs> they became, like gambling addict, hardcore Catholic picnic, mean gamblers. They couldn't get their cards in time. Well, it was day six too, you know. It was. People were but pretty hungover by then. So serious about the bingo. I'm like, I'll call bingo as a lark. Like I thought it'd just be silly fun. Oh no, they had blotters. They had equipment. I'm like, these people were really oh. looking because they called the bingo off and had to put it back on. And the bingo board you had was oh my god, quite it was magnificent. It was Star Trek Enterprise. It was like the it was like the bridge on Star Trek. And was, I'm like, what? Is is this? We don't need all this for bingo, Lars. I don't know what y'all do in Norway or wherever the <laughs> hell you built this ship and you're playing bingo. I told him we need two buckets, one for the balls and one for cash. That's it. That's all you need for like bingo. Like a good Catholic like a good girl. Catholic. All Catholic things are cash, okay? We're running a cash business. It's cash to get in the Vatican. It's cash to pay bingo. Yeah, I don't think the Swedes or the Norwegians are really that good with bingo. Although once I got the hang of his machine, I kind of liked it. It was, I got to admit, it was pretty high tech. <laughs> <laughs> that was the day when I actually finally had a hangover. I'm like, I'm not a big drinker. And, but the thing is about being on a ship like that, you're, you're, you're on international waters. So suddenly your thinking like goes out the window, like, oh, you know, oh, I can drink more than I've ever drank more in my life. And, yeah, I can start right now. And I, <laughs> so what if it's 1130? It doesn't matter. It's, there's no time out here. No, it's it's all the same ship. It's, there's no day. There's no night. There's, it just, it's just what it is. And, and there's a freedom. I mean, we went by Cuba at one point. I felt like, oh, we're near Cuba. Anything goes now. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know why. Well, when I said to Lou, I was like chain smoking. I'm like, but it's heaven. And it doesn't count <laughs> it doesn't here. Because I'm sure in heaven you can smoke if you want. I'm sure you can, but... When we passed Cuba, I was watching it on TV. 
<laughs> in your room, they have the channel of what's going on. And I thought, Kathleen, what is wrong with you? Get up. It's right there. It's like two feet away. Open the door and actually look at Cuba. I'm sitting there watching it on TV as if I'm not here. It's my, I'm here. But but that is my favorite channel. When I'm on the it's airplane, it's my favorite channel. And, and they have the same one on the ship where you actually like see the little islands and you see where the ship's going and it see how deep the water is and the longitude and the latitude. And I'm all geeked out and excited about that stuff. So And Lou got to blow the ship's horn, oh, which is right. We got to go up to the bridge. Oh, and it was so funny because Bob and my husband and I were outside that afternoon for some reason and we were at the, the tip, the prow the pointy end they say of the boat and someone is blowing the horn and and bob and i are like looking up at the bridge and see some people standing there and it was so funny because it was four short and one long and i said i wonder wonder what that means is that significant (laughs) (laughs) it's in code and then i find out no two for one margarita it's just lewis fucking around (laughs) with the horn he was like a four-year-old. I haven't seen him that excited about anything in forever. And he's like, can I do it again? And they're like, we don't care. I mean, we got to get all these fat asses back on board one way or another. So, And to see other people that were so late. Like, this is my, one of my things about cruising was always like, I don't know if it's a vacation if I have to keep track of time. Right. Because time is a constraint. And I don't want to be having margaritas at Mama Cita's and then go, oh, my God, the ship's leaving. we got to get a check. Oh, my God. And I'm sure we left some drunks there because I saw one bar tab for 500 bucks of just shots of tequila. I don't know how those people made it back. But standing out with Lou when he was blowing the horn and you can see over the whole thing, we were supposed to leave at 5. Yep. There are people lollygagging. I know. They're not even running for this ship at like 10 to 6. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Arrogant Al? Really? I, you're just so cool with just you and your little but your sombrero you bought and you're just kind of lo- – I was shocked. I would have been – it would have been the fastest and furthest I'd run since well, eighth grade. Because I'm so filled with guilt already. Just the thought of being late for the ship. Really? You're <laughs> going to make 3,999 people wait because you needed one more margarita? <laughs> or, or one more serape thing with an NFL team on it. Yeah, that was one of my was that? favorite Even things. the hockey. I'm like, I can understand why the Mexicans might watch football, but hockey? Uh, yeah, hockey. Uh-huh. Really? You all know who the St. Louis Blues are? I don't think so. I really don't. Nor the Red Wings. And it was all the bad teams, really. Yeah, anyway. They weren't the good ones. I was going to buy some. I'm like, I don't know these teams. I don't like them. There wasn't a lot of shopping going on. Except no. for the pharmacia. What? Shut up. Antibiotics you, galore. You know, I was a little uncertain about that because you and Lou went off the first day and bought a bunch of stuff. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know. I, I couldn't buy things from a Mexican pharmacy. And then, of course, Cozumel Day, we went shopping with Lou and walked through the mall. And, of course, the first place we hit was the pharmacy. And I'm like, oh, and we need two of those and three of these and four of those. And well, and I don't know, like, uh, like my friend Jason's like, Kathleen, how do you even know any of this is real? I go, I don't. I don't care. I'm just going to take it, <laughs> it's so and cheap. I'll either get better or something weird will happen. Right. But who cares? It's worth a try. It's what if I'm if I'm sick on the road? I don't have a doctor on the road. I might as well just give it a whirl. It's a dollar. Yes. Try it. Well, and and Bob, there's this cream that Bob has for eczema, and it's like seventy bucks a tube here in the states. It was seven bucks a tube there. Yeah. I was like, oh my! Well, you got it. I mean, even if it's not quite the right thing, you've got to buy it. Try it, right? Yeah, it's the answer to the healthcare crisis: self-diagnosis. <laughs> Cut out the doctor, the middleman. Goes hmm. well, and I think, yeah, hello, yeah, um, yeah. What um, I'm trying to think, there was something. Uh, oh, well, I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that happened on the cruise and uh, in the showroom, of course, which was really cool for me because. 
when you're uh, the way Lewis worked it out was that there were three comics a night and someone did a little short kind of warm up thing or Lou would come up and then introduce him to a short little thing and someone do like a kind of a more longer like a feature kind of like then there was like a headliner so everyone was kind of mixing and matching and playing and what was so cool was to sit there for six nights and and watch everyone get up uh, and really seeing the different rhythms and the different approaches and the different point of views that everyone has. And everyone was so brilliant and so unique and so funny. And yet, you know, like watching someone like you go up with your rhythm and the way you work. And then someone like Ted Alexandro, which if you don't know this gentleman, please Google him and check him out on YouTube. So funny. Yeah. First of all, he told this brilliant abortion joke, which was like I all I could think was oh my god this is like my dad's territory I have to I have to tell him this but his rhythm he just gets up there and he's he pauses and he's quiet and he's thoughtful and I know he's integrated that into his act that way and and, and he's like that in real life too he's very he's thoughtful. very quiet and and uh, he doesn't say a lot but, but when he does it's worth it and and it was just so cool to see once again it just it just hit me in that way of like. You know, everyone's point of view really is so unique. You you would think, oh God, there's going to be eight comics, and it's just going to get so repetitive or something. Uh, well, I think too the difference is because it was eight people that have been doing it twenty years. Mm. So by twenty years, you've either quit, <laughs> uh, whatever happens in twenty years, you're or you're a raging alcoholic. Um, but whatever, you're if you do it twenty years and you're successful. You become so defined. Yes. And it clearly defined. Like if we went up to the improv on, you know, whatever, 10 comics a night night, you might remember one or two. Yep. But everybody else is going to blend together. They haven't been doing it long enough to define what are you saying? Who are you? What's your rhythm? And because of the people that were on that ship, I mean, so clearly defined that you could, I always say, can you describe their act? In, in three or more adjectives. You mm. should be able to do it in like three or less, really. Mm-hmm. But to be able to assign adjectives to, you would say, you know, to uh, Panette, high energy. Like there's ways of... Right. And Alexandro, introverted and, you know, introspective and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think that's what's cool about... We didn't take hardly anybody on the ship that was new. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there's something to be said for new, but, you know... Really new is there's a reason they're still new. You yeah. know what I mean? And and for me, I mean, and this is the thing I fully admit. I mean, I don't know a lot of comedians and comics. I mean, I'm really getting like introduced to this world. And so I didn't know who Vic Henley was, you know, or Ted. I didn't even know who John Panette was, you know. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I know. And I just and so for me, it was like, God, there's so much talent out there. And how how are these people not? On television all the time. They're so brilliant. They're so smart. And then you watched half the crap on Comedy Central and it's like, oh, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, and it was funny too because Marklin Baker is an actor. I mean, and he's Lou's friend. He was in Perfect Strangers all those years and the movie My Favorite Year. He does a bunch of, I love it when he's on Law and Order. But we had all gone pretty off the rails with the fun and the drinking and, 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 and Marco's, <laughs> Boy, you comedians, like, you guys really don't have an off button. Like, <laughs> actors, we try to pace ourselves. And I said, Mark, it's because 90% of the time on the road, we're alone. Mm. At our level, we're all working theaters for the most part. So we have an opening act. Like, Lou's always with John. I'm, I'm taking Jason with me. But we're so excited yes. that we're with it. We're not like a band where every week there's like six of us and we're just partying from town to town. We're usually alone and we do a show. We might go have a drink, a glass of wine after the show. But it's not like... There's really nothing exciting going on in Waterbury, Connecticut tonight. 
I'm going to do a show at a theater, and then I'm going to go back to the hotel, and then I'm going to move on to the next town. And I've got to travel the next day. There's all this responsibility, and it's a big deal. But to be... That's why we went crazy, yeah. and that's why we all allowed ourselves to go crazy. I mean, any time I knew I didn't have to tell a joke, I was drinking. <laughs> as long as I was clear, I'm drinking something. And sometimes, sometimes I even had to drink leftovers because nobody saved me any beer. Yes, um, I saw that. Yeah, it was totally. I'm like nobody. I don't see herpes on anybody's lips. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm, going, go, in. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. If somebody has secret herpes, I'd be really mad. And it's so true too, because you'd see the nights where people weren't, or you know, the days where people weren't working, and you knew they weren't working for a few days, and they were just like going <laughs> for it, you know. And then like two days before they'd have to work, you'd like they'd be slowing down, and no, I'll, I'm not having anything to drink for dinner. Thank you for oh, I'll have one glass of wine with dinner. Thank you, you know, <laughs> instead of the 18 tequila shots I had last night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Lewis was shooting tequila in the Irish bar. I'm like, really, Lou? Oh, yeah. You're gonna shoot tequila? But I, I just think it's because we're usually alone i mean being a comic is pretty it's a very solitary kind of boring absolutely it's not like fun and like after that week though i'm like well no wonder stevie nicks ended up crazy for a while (laughs) if i was with these lunatics every week how in god's name could i not finally just become a bloated version drunk of myself and then on top of it how could i re-enter it and try to not drink yeah i can't be with these guys if they're all still drinking and i'm not yeah i would have just had to go i gotta go wait tables I i gotta get out of this business i mean this is just too crazy but I don't, I do think Mark was, a, Lynn Baker was like a shocked at like <laughs> the amount of alcohol we could consume and just the hours we were keeping. None of us got any sleep. I hadn't no. slept in four days. And then that one night I hit the wall. Yeah. I literally couldn't, I was like, I got, I got it. And I that was, it. that was, that was the night the you night went crazy. I finally went crazy. I'm like, I'm drinking rum and coke and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm at your glass door pressed up. Kathleen, Kathleen. <laughs> I'm drunk. Please don't sleep. I'm the only woman out here. Except for darling Victoria. She was out there with us, too. But she was always out there because, my God, she was the engine of our party machine. And it's funny, too, because I met people that were not in our cruise just around the boat, like, in there, or they knew who I was or whatever. And, oh, blah, blah, blah. But they go all the time. And, like, one group from Buffalo had eight people. And I thought, I could see how yes, you could absolutely. be all in for this. Oh, yeah. It's total. It's a total lack of responsibility. I actually envisioned it like, uh-oh, I got to be on the ship at this time. You got to eat at this time. Not no, really. No. <laughs> it's a complete lack of responsibility. Room service 24 hours a day. If you miss a meal, or yeah, someone's bringing you're you food. You're just drunk riding around on a boat. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know what people that don't drink do, but... Well, they have I, AA meetings on the boat. Oh, oh my God. Yes, I saw on the little the little newsletter you were talking about, which we were supposed to read every morning so we knew where the fuck we were and what was going on. Um, it was said there was a little AA meeting up in the chapel. And, of course, I went up there one day just because I like the chapels and I meditate and things like that. And it was the chapel was very empty. Nobody? Nobody? Nobody made it? No. Nobody made it? How could you? I mean, every time you turn around, they were offering you a drink. If if I was an alcoholic, I don't think that would be the not a good move. of my I, choice. In fact, I would, put, I would say just right now, if you're an alcoholic, do not go on a cruise ship. Yeah. Probably not a good no. Unless it's one of those sober things. It's a sober or cruise. unless you've been sober for like 20 years yes. and now you just like my mother look at us with disdain. Or you bring your sponsor with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's definitely it's Vegas except on the water. Except, Completely, and, and it's gambling. And and I just because I thought this was so interesting as a statement about society. The other coolest thing about that cruise ship is nobody's phones worked. Yes. So we've got Panette, Rick Kearns, Vic Henley, Louis Black, me, you, and we all have to be present and accounted for because <laughs> we have no choice. Exactly. I'm talking to Kelly because she's on my deck. Yes. I can't talk to anyone else. Not oh. that I would have wanted to. But I'm saying, like, let's say we had all gone to Vegas. People would still be on their phones. People oh, yeah. would still be checking emails. People would still be texting. And, and they'd the- be half in but half somewhere else. And I had the other experience, which is pre-phone, which was really interesting because it's like you forget how quickly life has changed. At one point, I was supposed to meet Bob somewhere and we were going to have a meal and I was going to miss it. Well, normally, if we get lost, and we text each other. Right. Hey, where are right. you? No, no texting, nothing. I walked around the ship twice, couldn't find him and went, Okay, I guess I'm going to go eat by myself. Right, I'm on my own. Well, <laughs> That's just the way it is. I got off with you guys to go the one day to go to shopping, and then I decided, because I was hungover, I'm like, oh, it's a cab ride to a mall. No, Right, that was Cozumel, right. So I thought, I'm just going to go back on the boat. And then I just ran into uh, Mark, our manager, who was like, I'm going to go swim with the dolphins. You want to come? <laughs> I'm like, I can just buy a ticket here. And then, and then what I loved is because my brother helps me pay bills because I'm on the road so much. And he got my Amex bill. And he's like, really, Kathleen? 14 <laughs> bottles of ride, and a, a, 14 bottles of wine and a dolphin ride? <laughs> I go, yes, in that order too, Pat. Because that's how I roll. But I loved that just the randomness. Okay, I just ran into Mark. I didn't plan on swimming with dolphins. Right. But there's Mark going, hey, come on. And. And then I thought, ooh, water, that'll make my head feel better. Great. So I went with them. But I liked, it was 1970, and mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. No phones. Yeah. Every When I came back from my room and there was a giant deck party going on, had I had a phone that worked, I would have known all this. It was just, it was just a happy surprise. <laughs> oh, look, all the boys are drunk on my deck. This is great. Again. Yeah, I liked the whole like, you can't be in touch. Yeah. I run into you, I run into you. It and, was lovely. And fun little parties popped up out of nowhere because there wasn't planned stuff. I thought it was cool. It was like a social experiment of going in a time machine. It, it was It was amazing. And, and, and so I, I, if you're listening to this, please come with us next year. But you have to be cool and a drinker. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta be a good time, Charlie. We 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 can't handle the. Uh... You gotta be willing to sing along at the British pub, and uh, and for me, I danced at the British pub because the one night it got kind of rocky a little bit. The I, boat started moving, and I started feeling it, and I thought, I'm gonna start dancing, as long as my body's moving, the ship isn't. And that's, that's how, right. That's how I convinced myself that's that right. I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> the ship's not moving. I'm moving. I kept feeling it, and every time I'd say to Lou. The ship's moving, right? He's like, no. And I'm like, I'm not drunk now. Don't make me think I am. Are you telling me I'm still drunk from yesterday? And he goes, I think you are. Kathleen, the ship is not moving. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. Maybe you shake too much. (laughs) Maybe that's it, Lou. Maybe you're always moving and you don't know, but I'm more still than you. Well, and, and I, I just, I'm, I'm so thrilled that I got to go on it, uh, A, because you and I bonded over balcony parties late at night. I mean, literally, I would wake up in the morning and it would be Kathleen and John Bowman out there and, and we'd, we'd all be like in our sleepy faces and our pajamas still, like completely, Glass, like we just woke up. Glasses, totally yeah, crooked. Gl- you know, yeah. completely crooked and just, and the laughing would just begin at that moment. We would just start, you know, replaying the night before and it would just begin. It was so... Well, fun. and the one party... I had lost my reading glasses, and I guess Panette and all those guys got so hammered, they left reading glasses, a pack of cigarettes, and I was like, sweet, look what these <laughs> drunks left. He doesn't 
doesn't even know what I'm stealing for that reading glasses. And he left his shoes that night, I yes. believe, too. It was yes. like this mystery shoes on the balcony in the morning. And Lou made us work hard. I mean, I had to do two different hours uh, for the show because it's right. the same crowd every yep. night. And I was like, I don't work that way. Like, if I do a theater gig, I do an hour 15, an hour 20, but it's in a, it's a, it's in a it's in a pattern like yeah. it's not right. I was like okay I know I mean clearly they're selling 3 of my CDs on this boat clearly I have 3 hours of material but I don't remember it <laughs> I'm 190 years old how am I going to and I'm like so I have to form two separate hours that can't connect the way my act does connect yep. now yep. and it was funny to watch everybody go back to their room and do their homework oh, yeah. because everybody realized like <clears throat> I think and Panette because Bowman's like, I, I got I to gotta do some sort of set list. And I said to Lewis, do you have it broken up? Because this isn't just a one. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I got to go. We all literally spent well, about 45 minutes alone in our rooms with a pen going, okay. And, and Larry Wilmore, literally, he doesn't do a lot of stand-up. So every day, we'd be like out shopping or smoking cigar. Whatever it was with Larry, you knew it was going to become part of his act later that night. And it yeah. did. It was great. I was yeah. like, I, and at one point I said to Larry, you know, Larry, I am your muse. Because clearly, <laughs> we, we start having a conversation. And it goes towards something that ends up on stage. Yeah. It's very fun. It was a great time. It was a great time. And uh, I'm I'm particularly excited for my for myself, if I can be. I can be. It's my fucking life. I can be excited for myself. But I got to do an event on board, which was really cool. And it's something that I'd never really done before. I mean, I am a spoken word person, and I write stories and read stories. And so I got to throw together this <clears throat> really cool show where I showed clips of my dad in chronological order. And then in between the clips, I told stories of my family. And uh, it was fun for me because I was really relaxed and I really trusted I mean, the audience. I knew if it's a Lewis Black audience, it's a George Carlin audience. So, And when your audience loves you when you come up, it's like, oh, this is really easy. And I had such a great time. And I'm really excited because I'm actually going to turn it into a live touring it show. It was awesome. Yeah. A- and that crowd was so smart. The questions they asked yeah. were so bright and insightful. And the stories you told, because honestly, it was early in the morning. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go to <laughs> Kelly's thing. Can't she just come on the deck and tell me the stories? <laughs> Do I really got to put on clothes and go down? Wasn't it like 10 a.m. or something? Or no, I'm lucky. I had the one. Pe- oh, you. Oh, but I, I had to go first to Mark. Yes. So it was all a big character uh-huh, yes, thing, we right? Had and to I'm go like, oh, for okay. everyone's events. Yes. Maybe Kelly will just come over here with a Diet Coke <laughs> and sit on my bed and tell me these things. And then I don't have to Once go sit in the boat. But the stories you told were so, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a comic, but to, and I know a lot about your dad, but to hear the stories about your mom and dad and their personal lives, I just kept saying to Lou, I'm like, how is she so normal? <laughs> I mean, she's tweaked out, which is obviously why we like her. Why she's here on the cruise. Yeah, that's why she's with us and drunk on our deck till three in the morning. But yet, how would she? I mean, this was a crazy ass childhood. And And I didn't feel like I was listening to somebody who was whining or bragging or nothing in between just literally saying these are some of the whacked out things that occurred these are the facts people. these are the facts <laughs> judge them as you will take with what you may but with great love i present them. and i think for like the performing arts centers and the theaters on the road this your show is going to kill i'm so excited and i think it's going to sell shitloads of tickets and people are going to be I was shocked because I was like, well, as a comic, I'm like, I already know about George and I've seen every clip probably ever. Right. But no, I hadn't. Yeah. I mean, even some of the ones you showed, I was like, I don't remember that. I yeah. don't remember that. And then the stories, it was really, it was really worth it. So was Mark's little thing too. But, it was, it was know? all amazing. It was all amazing. And the crowd was so bright. The questions they asked, like they didn't ask the stupid Carlin questions. There's always the stupid ones yes. that I can tell they're coming. They're like hack audience members. <laughs> 
I'm like, you're, you're not even a good fan. You're a hack. But these were, they were so bright. I mean, the yeah. questions I came up with were not your normal yeah. dumbass run of the mill. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was all around like, uh, Change, change my life. In fact, now I know also next year when we go that I need to just that week after the cruise, just kind of block that off too. Because oh, I'll I'm going right to a hospital. <laughs> I said to Lewis, I can't believe I actually have to go somewhere else where there's going to yeah. be more fun people. Yeah. I've got to resume. Oh, with my family. I got to go to St. Louis to a oh. casino and drink with 400 oh, relatives. That's I, sad. I can't take it. That's scary. Well, we're running out of time here. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for coming. Thank and, you, Kelly. And downloading, as they say these days. Downloading that about we've our done? cruise. We've downloaded, we downloaded. the cruise now. Um, I want to mention some really cool things going on here next week. Uh, December 7th, Tuesday night at the Actors Gang Theater is uh, the Satiristas show. And this is produced by Barbara Roman and Paul Provenza and Carmela Cardina, a bunch of people who are involved with Paul's show and, and Satiristas. It's uh, the theme of the night is giving. We have some very special, special guests showing up. So if you're in West L.A. area or if you're not in West L.A. area, come down to the Actors Gang in Venice. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Satiristas Live at the Actors Gang. Also, Thursday night, the 9th, I am going to be performing in Santa Monica at a show called Tasty Words. It's at the Santa Monica Bay Women's Club, and that's at 7.30. And it's me and Taylor Negron and David O'Shea and a bunch of amazing storytellers. And I'm going to be telling a story about Christmas and Hawaii and all sorts of things. And uh, what else? Uh, Kathleen's uh, show. Is this your like first big special oh, no, of this? Oh, no, 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 no. See, I know, of this year. I know nothing about year's. anything. It's I'm such fine. a schmuck. No, uh, no, but this is a... <laughs> This is a really good hour we filmed in New York in May, and it'll be on Showtime on December 17th. So, and, I mean, they'll keep airing it, but yeah, that's when it but starts. but that's when it starts. Yeah. That's when it premieres. So everyone tune in and give her some good numbers so those Showtime And people. the B-roll is my family. Oh, so can't wait really, to see. We will finally get to see I your said, family. Well, you all get to make fun of me now. You can be the B-roll. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's so fantastic. <laughs> and you're going to be on Ferguson in January. And uh, I'm going to play my last song here, which is by The Bobs. And Amy Engelhart, and this is really going to put you in the Christmas spirit. Uh, this is uh, written from the point of view of the Virgin Mary, I believe, and the song is called How Did This Thing Get In Me? In me? How Did This Thing Get In Me? And you can find more information about that at bob.com. Have a great few weeks. Love you all. Thank you, Barbara Roman. Thank you, husband. Thank you, Johnny Dam. Thank you, Kathleen. The trouble started when we started to talk My husband Joseph and I went for a walk He saw my belly and the out in a sweat He said How can you be pregnant? I ain't touched you yet I'd like to think I'm not the gullible type Don't over male exaggeration or hype So when I tell you this it's gonna sound odd But I think that I'm the portal for the Son of God How, how did this thing get in me? Shepherd's wife gets I know where babies come from I got pets And Joseph spends all his free time with the sheep But that's another subject I don't remember a romantic date So now I'm thinking it was something I ate I am a virgin, yeah, that ain't no joke Which is that because I think my holy water just broke How, how 
what I'd really prefer. I couldn't make up more incredible things. There goes a trio of the holiest kings. And I believe them because I told that they're wise. But they say that there's a miracle just north of my thighs. How, how the best thing get in me. Despite good 